Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy with Made Possible By, and we do two things. We provide a better way for businesses to process their sponsorship requests, and we share stories of good. And this is one of my favorite ways that we do that is through our Conversation Around Good podcast. And I am excited to share our guest with you today. But today is Terrence Kraft. Terrence is with the Oklahoma City Young Professionals. Terrence, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So the Oklahoma City Young Professionals is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to connecting young professionals with other like-minded professionals and providing professional development opportunities to its community and positively impacting the city through their volunteer and philanthropic efforts. So you guys just fit right in with what we've got going on here. We're doing good stuff. Uh, I want to share a little bit more about Terrence. Terrence was born and raised in Midwest City. In 2011, he attended the Oklahoma City University, where he received a bachelor's degree in mass communication. He has a graduate degree in public administration from OU. And through his passion in helping others, he joined the Oklahoma City Young Professionals uh, Board in 2016. And throughout his tenure, he has held many different leadership positions, such as the chairman of the board in 2018-19. He was the executive chairman in 2020. And due to his dedication and passion for the organization, the board of directors appointed Terrence as the nonprofit's first ever executive director. So that's pretty special that they invented a role for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see how you see it that way. <laughs> I think that's cool. I, I love it when they're like, this guy is great. <laughs> Say it again. I'm sorry. But hold on to me forever. There you go. That's right. That's right. I love it when they're like, this person is great. We need to hold on to him. Let's create something for him. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, Terrence, um, besides working with the Oklahoma City Young Professionals, he is part of the marketing committee for one which is One Neighborhood Empowered, and he also owns a video production agency called Crafty Communications. And through that, I can see how this ties in. Um, Terrence is also an avid horror movie watcher. Um, Terrence loves all things horror, is currently in the process of filming his first horror film, The House That Eve Built. He not only co-wrote the script, but is also directing and starring in the feature film. So we're going to have to talk more about that, Terrence, because that's unique. I've never had that on here before, anyone who's made making a movie, but that's super cool. So Terrence, before we jump into all that, tell us something unique about you and something that brought you joy this week. One thing unique about me is that I love to cook. I love to cook all kinds of dishes. Um, I, you know, I just bought a grill and I've never thought of myself as a grill person, but now I find myself grilling at least two or three times a week. So just, I just love finding different recipes online and just making nothing into something. And that goes into creativity and marketing anyway, but yeah, I just love cooking. It really relaxes me and it's just, I'm a control freak and cooking. I always have control over. I can control how much seasons I want to put on it, controls how long I want to put it in the oven for. 
So it's just a really, really great way to relieve stress. That's why I love cooking. I really love cooking more than nice. I think so. But I do. Nice. So you were saying offline that you are doing a new diet, and I had never heard of this diet before. So tell us what it's called and what, what does that mean? What does it look yeah. like? So um, it's a low FODMAP diet. And so FODMAP is an acronym for six different words that I cannot pronounce, but they're all different things, enzymes that causes your gut to react to. So um, for years, I have been experiencing just bloating really bad, swelling up, you know, gut problems. And I just never knew what it was. And then I went to a personal trainer and he got me on um, this low FODMAP diet. And I realized that I have, you know, gained a food intolerance, food intolerance to um, garlic and onions. And that is what's been triggering my whole gut reaction and bloating, which is crazy. <laughs> so people like people can develop allergies over time. You can develop food intolerance over time, which means I probably consumed way more garlic and onion than I ever should have in this lifetime. But <laughs> so um, so now I'm cooking without garlic or onion. And people are like, how can you do that? You need garlic and onion, but you really don't. So there's I've made such wonderful dishes and I can't even tell the difference that I've never had onion garlic in the first place. But um, so, yeah, so if you are interested in that, I can send you more information, um, whoever's watching this, if you, um, I can definitely get you in touch with someone, a dietitian or nutritionist, um, and see if that's a good plan for you. But it has been wonderful for me. It has changed my life. So, Well, I really believe that we, our bodies are unique, and so dirt, certain foods are going to work um, with certain body types. And uh, I, I, have you ever read the book, Live Right for Your Type? I don't know if you've heard of that. Not heard of that book. Yeah, it talks about the different blood types and how different blood types process foods differently. Mm. And so, like, uh, I'm an A, and so uh, meats, animal meats aren't good for me, but all the men in my house are O's, and they need to eat a lot of animal, animal meat. So I do a lot of um, uh, nuts and, you know, quinoa kind of things while they go off and grill and do their kind of stuff, but. It just, you know, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit different. That's right. That's right. That's right. So tell me something that brought you joy this week. Something that brought me joy this week is this is going to sound very cliche and like a very like, you know, oh, he gave that kind of answer. But it really is the truth. I got out of bed this week. And that's huge joy. <laughs> it's been a long week um, and it's still going. <laughs> um, so it's, it's easy to give up. It's easy just to stay in bed. It's easy not to, you know, confront things head on. It's just, it's easy. And there's a huge, big push right now, especially among young professionals to really deal with mental health. It's really important. And I know a lot more employers are, you know, letting, you know, give people more time off work, have an opportunity to, you know, um, see a therapist or do more, you know, offer, you know, wellness training or um, gym memberships. Because there's, they're, they understand as well that you know mental health is very important. You know, if you want a really great rock star employee, you have to take care of mental health. So, I mean, anyone that's just got out of bed today, brushed your teeth, combed your hair, put your pants on, went to work, kudos to you. Because it, let me tell you, it's it's not it's not easy as people think it is. So it's accomplishment. You're so, right. You're yeah. right. It is. It's the baby steps. It's the little things, right? Yeah. I I did a podcast recently with an organization out of Canada that is all about connecting um, young people, mainly university students with mental health professionals, because they're just seeing such a gap in the stigma, you know, and not doing that and not, not reaching out when you need help. We need to reach out. So 
get out of bed, reach out to somebody um, and brush your teeth. You brush your teeth today. Good job. If we were there with you, we would give you a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> gold star for brushing your teeth. Okay. So talk to us about horror movies. How did you get hooked on that? What, what was the genesis of that moment? Wow. Um, I, I'm not going to tell you when I started watching horror films because I promise that I, I, my parents raised me right. <laughs> <laughs> so they did not know I was watching horror films when I should have been in bed. I'll make that very clear. So uh, I started watching horror films at an early age. People, people might think that's too early of age to watch horror films, but um, I started watching horror films at a really early age and um, I just really gravitated towards them just because of usually, you know, in typical horror films, it's like, you know, there's always the, the hero at the end is someone that you never expected. Um, it's like the the nerdy picked on kid that ended up saving the day, defeat the monster. And like, everyone was like, whoa, I never thought that, you know, that person had it in them. So I was getting bullied a lot um, in mm-hmm. middle school, in high school. And so just the thought of, you know, being always underestimated, left out, picked last for the team, whatever, just resonated me with horror film and just being the one that actually can actually have the strength and courage to take down this bad guy that everyone else is running away from. Um, and so I've just learned at an early age to really just face my fears head on. You know, when other people are going to run away from them and scream and hide, I'd rather just deal with it. And that's how I, you know, like I said, I still got out of bed and went to school every day and dealt with bullying because I knew it was temporary. It's not going to last for forever. So, um, so horror films, I really am passionate about and love because they have been just a significant part of me and to my own success and how I combat fear and how I deal with fear and how I confront fear head on. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I have a, just a weird love with horror film just because okay. I never would have connected those two, but that's how I connected it. So. No, that's great. That's great. So what is your all time favorite or can you narrow it down? Uh, that's what, you know, people always ask me that. And I always say, well, you know, take me out to dinner first. <laughs> <'Cause it's> like, <laughs> um, so I'm not going to say what my all time favorite horror movie is for this, but I will tell you that, um, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of John Carpenter in my home office. I have his signature on my wall over here. It was a gift, just the best gift I ever got. So, um, I love John Carpenter, who John Carpenter is. You get mad points, but he has directed The Fog, um, Escape from LA, Escape from New York. Um, but, you know, his all time classic that everyone knows and loves is Halloween. So, that's so. Okay, so you're kind of an old school horror guy. I, 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 I am. I'm, I'm getting in, I'm now getting into the new horror stuff because I'm, they're, they're falling moved away from the paranormal and all that stuff that's been really played out and just. God, it's too much of that. So I'm, I'm now getting back into, you know, the new horror stuff. But I am an old horror classic person. Like okay. from 30s up, yeah, 30s to, to 80s, I'm all about horror films. Okay, so Michael Myers, you like Michael Myers movies. Okay, that, that movie freaked me out. Halloween freaked me out. And it's the funny one in the sense that he never runs. He no. Really, really slowly. So it should be pretty easy to get away from him. <laughs> but he's always there. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing about why I love that movie so much. And just, you know, just symbolism and metaphor, you know, I'm not going to go too much into that, but I can check out my podcast for a six part series on that movie. But (laughs) okay. Okay. What's the name of your podcast? The Crafty Horror Show. Okay. Yeah. We dissect all different types of things. Okay. We will track, we will, we will tag that Crafty Horror Show. 
Okay, so I love suspenseful movies. Um, M. Night Shyamalan is one of my favorites. Um, I You don't like M. Night? Oh, really? Why? You know, the reason why his career has just been really up and down, and he, he really is a testament to what not to do as a great director, because he's a brilliant director. <laughs> But it's it's it's. I think he struggles with finding a balance between what he wants but what's best for the film. You know what I mean? So what you know, I can tell you about all the movies that he's done really well in, all the movies he's done really terrible in, and I can just tell you that he's struggled a lot with what he wants the film to be, but what the film deserves to be, and that's that's what separates you know a good filmmaker to a great filmmaker, a great screenplay writer to an awesome screenplay writer. Because even though we don't want certain characters to die, that's just what the movie calls for. You have to, you know, that's why so many TV shows, you know, end up running its course because they keep too many characters on for eight, nine seasons and then it gets boring and then no one watches anymore because you should have took them out like three seasons in. So which is with M. Night Shyamalan, um, one movie I can speak of is Glass. I don't know if you've seen Glass or not. Yeah. yeah. And I've was huge fan of Unbreakable, huge fan of Split. And I just felt that, you know, it, I felt it was building up to this huge, big, climatic moment. I was ready to, people to see that superheroes actually exist. I mean, I was ready, to, I was ready. And then that happened. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, yeah. typical yeah. in my channel one. He, yeah. he wanted it to happen, but it wasn't what's best for the film, right? Because this was 20 years in the making from 2000 to from Unbreakable to Split to this. And is this how you choose to end it? Didn't yeah. like it. I felt like it was just setting us up for another set of movies. And I don't like it when they do that. I need the movie to have its own thing, you know, not to be just, yeah. yeah. I love Signs is what is what one of my top three movies ever because the character is redeemed in it. You know, he goes through such a hard time, but he finds, he finds hope again. Um, and I think nobody liked lady in the water, but I thought lady in the water was hilarious. And that's well, not really a horror movie. I liked it. it wasn't intended to be a comedy, but it is definitely a comedy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought it was, I mean, I didn't, I, I'm not laughing at it in a bad way. I just thought he added funny moments in there that were when he when he killed off the critic that was hilarious <laughs> go back and watch all of his interviews he always says that you know he felt like he didn't understand why he got such negative reviews um especially for you know um glass not glass is it glass yeah glass um he he, he retreated for a few months he didn't want to write any more movies because he thought he made this awesome movie and i i was just like hmm. I don't know why, why you thought that, but I would be, if I would read the movie, I would say, no, dude, just no. <laughs> no, okay. He needs to listen to your podcast. Writing my first screenplay for The House That Eve Built, you know, I went through so much different modifications because I kept falling back into the trap of, okay, this is what I want. You know, I don't want anyone to go. I don't want, you know, but this is what the script calls for. And it, it will tell you that. And so feedback is so important. And that's why I, I'm all about feedback. I love feedback. So. Okay. So do you like Alfred Hitchcock? I love Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rear Window is one of my favorites. I love Rear Window. Yes. Uh, yes. It's it's such a, you wouldn't think that it would be so intense, but it is intense. It is really, really intense. It's crazy because, you know, a lot of his more popular, more well-known, like, you know, Psycho, The Birds, 
Um, they're they're not really intense. They're really great drama films. But his, his classic, like you know, you know, fifties movies were way more intense, just because of the atmosphere and the buildup it had, the score that it had. Yeah, it's if you want to watch a really good one, you need to check out one of his fifties movies. Yes, exactly, exactly. Get out there. Okay, good. We got the horror movie professional telling us what to go watch. So there you go. So you, you're not into the slasher, more of the suspense. No, I love slasher film. Okay, okay. You, you're, you're versatile. <laughs> well, suspense is very different than horror films. So mm-hmm. we're not going to go on a tangent there, but, you know, um, I, I love a good suspense film. Silence of the Lambs, suspense, not a horror film. People like to think it is. It's not a horror film. Um, for what makes a horror film, in my opinion, is that horror films do a lot more showing than it does telling. And that's why they get a lot of um, flack for plot development and character development because they spend more time, you know, scaring the crap out of you than actually, you know, making you (laughs) characters. Mm -hmm. So, um, but The Conjuring has done a really great. I cannot do those, no way. Plot development, character development while still scaring you. But a really good movie if you want to get into, um, that's really a meta horror film is, Scream. I love Scream because all the characters are awesome. You love the characters, and it it's a really it's a, it's a great time. So if you, if you want to know what a true horror film is, watch the Scream series. That's a true horror. Okay. Film. Okay. Is the Conjuring the one where they hear the clap clap? Yes. Yes. No. I that commercial freaked me out. My nieces are huge horror people. They can do that. I can't. I can't even. I can't even. But the, they love the Conjuring too. So there you go. You got the young people backing you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all these paranormal ghost type things. I, I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> okay. 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 So um, what is it like to see your own movie come to life? Stressful. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Because um, so before I wasn't planning to direct or star in it. I was just going to produce it. Um, and, you know, times call for me to direct the film. And so we um, had our first principal of photography, which is where we're actually filming the film with the actors. And we did that the first week of March. And it was stressful because in your head, you know exactly how you wanted it in your head when you wrote it. But it's completely different when you're filming it because, you know, budget constraints, location constraints, what the actors actually can do, what they cannot do. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a lot of moving pieces that you don't think about when you're, you know, writing it versus actually filming it. But it was such a blast because everyone just, you know, pushed forward and pushed through for the most part. And uh, we had a really great time. So. so are you done filming? Are you in the editing process now? No. So um, I wasn't supposed to star in the film, but after we finished the first um, first week of shooting, um, again, can't see it every can't see it all until you actually do it. We I we realized that there's something missing. There's a component that's missing, and we needed like another central character to tie up everything. And that's where I come in. So now I'm playing Alex. I'm pay, playing uh, Scott's younger brother, who is a um, he's a alcoholic as well as a recovering drug addict. And so he is there to uncover what has happened to his brother and his wife in their house. He gets dragged in um, into the, the dark web of evil that is going to make him confront all of his past transgressions. So 
I am, I've, I've lost about 30 pounds for the role. I still have 30 more to lose. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's commitment right there. That's commitment. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see when, when it comes out. Yeah. So next year, so next year, uh, come out next year. Um, if we're now, I'm not, well, I guess I can say this, but, um, so we're hopefully going to premiere at a few festivals in the fall. So Sunday, oh. Independent Spirit, the Dead Festival here, Sunday yeah. Festival here as well. And uh, hopefully we'll find a distributor and then we'll have a distributor movie globally. But if not, I will, um, me and the other producer, we will um, self-finance and release the movie to streaming platforms of Amazon and Hulu, Netflix, all that stuff. So, um, so either way, it's going to get out there and I'm super excited about it. Yay, that's exciting. That's exciting. We'll look forward to that. Thank you. When people ask you about your business, what do you say? How do you describe your products or services? Are you selling yourself short because you just can't put it into words? You're good at what you do, but it's not always easy to communicate how you're great at your work with simplicity. But now you have help. My friend Andrea at Strategic Hype will help you clarify your mission and communicate your value with a hype kit. This process will help you cut through the noise and share the best of what you do. We recently did a hype kit for Made Possible By, and it has allowed us to really simplify our message in order to get greater reach. For details on all the good stuff you'll get out of this hype kit, email andrea at strategic-hype.com or reach out to us and we will personally connect you. What's good, people? Hey, this is Hetty again. I just want to, first of all, let's give a shout out to Tracy, our great host uh, for the conversation around good podcasts. We also want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors, and that sponsor is Plenty Mercantile. We love, love, love the team at Plenty Mercantile. They have been great supporters of our platform. And so we're thankful that they are now sponsoring this podcast so that we can get great stories, inspiring stories out to you, the listener. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the story. It's been around since 2012. They have several locations. They have one in uh, downtown Oklahoma City in the historic Automobile Alley. They have one in Edmond at Spring Creek and then also one in Chisholm Creek. And uh, the downtown store has a great rooftop venue and a warehouse for events. So uh, please check them out. You can go to their website at www.plentymercantile.com. And there you'll also find all their social handles. I follow them. Uh, the Made Possible Our team follows them. So we want you to go follow them as well. And they would love to meet you. So go ahead and stop by one of their locations and just always remember shopping uh, at local retailers make makes a big difference. All right, let's jump into this episode. I'm tossing it over to Tracy. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so let's talk about um, Oklahoma City Young Professionals. So how long has it been around and what would someone expect if they came to an event? What what's what are they gonna what are they gonna see? What are they gonna hear? Oklahoma City Young Professionals has been around since 2012. We were formerly known as the Northwest Young Professionals, and we were affiliated with the Northwest OKC Chamber at the time. So about uh, three years later, 2015, the board at the time decided to kind of go on a hiatus just because, you know, young professionals have high turnover rate. And so, the, you know, members kept moving out of the city or moving out of the state or getting different jobs. So, um, so Jill, the president of CEO of the Northwest OKC Chamber, brought together a brand new board in 2016. And I joined the chamber as a um, intern, just an intern at the time. And she wanted me to come to their first board meeting. And um, so that's when it kind of all really kicked off. We've, you know, got more, we got organized, we mobilized, and we just really started to push through our branding and marketing. So in 2017, um, the board decided to change the name from Northwest Game Professionals to OKC Game Professionals so we can do more greater reach to the greater OKC metro area. And then I became the chair in 2018, and we established a lot more of our bearings. Um, and now we had six members in 2016. Now we have over 150 members um, five years later. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. So if someone comes to our event, they can expect a lot of people to come up to them and say, hi, how are you? So it's going to feel overwhelming. It's going to feel that way. But you should know that everyone is taking <laughs> a great interest in you, genuinely, too. They, they, they love that you're there. They love that you came. So just, just a little bit of just expectations that, you know, you may feel a little bit overwhelmed by how people come up to you and say, hey, um, hope you're doing okay. <laughs> or thanks for coming. Um, and then you'll be seated down. Um, if it's a lunch meetup, you'll find a seat and then you'll talk to people, get to know, uh, get to know them, exchange business cards. And then we do a little bit of improvise, impromptu, but no, no longer, I'm sharing that secret with you, but speed networking. So we do a speed networking event and it's always impromptu. No one knows when it's going to happen, if we're going to do it. Cause you know, that's the great thing about being a networking professional. You have to be, all, be on the spot and have your 90 second speech ready to go. So, um, so we've been doing that. It's been really great. Um, and then the food's delicious. So we always host our lunch meetups at young owned businesses. So how have you been able to do come back since COVID to meet? Is it been virtual still? How do you, how are y'all doing that? We have been back in person since January. Yes. Yes. That's exciting. That's exciting. How often do you meet? So we have a lunch meetup every month. So, um, we meet, um, we meet every month, um, and then we also do develop events. So develop events is an event where we offer professional development opportunities for our members. So we've kind of restructured them because our members have great stories to tell, and they just overcame so much. So now we're doing a kind of TED Talk-esque presentations for our members that are chosen. Once they apply and selected, um, they're going to do um, a TED Talk-esque presentation and it's going to be called OKCYP Developed Presents. And so our first one is next week, actually, on our Facebook page. So all presentations stream live on our Facebook page. It's free. You can watch it for a limited time. And uh, we'll be filming those live from the Ollie Gathering, Gathering Place in downtown OKC. So 
Oh, that's a cool, that's another layer, right? That you could offer to them. So that's exciting. I like hearing the innovation, the innovation to get people connected. Um, so what's been the most impactful thing that this organization has done, let's say in the last five years? Well, this is actually a really great question because it transitions to a really great thing I would love to talk about is our Horizon Awards, which turns five years old this year. So that's exciting. So the Horizon Awards was created as a way to celebrate and recognize our members, also non-members through different awards. And so with the Horizon Award, we honor non-members who are destined to become great leaders in our city the next five, 10 years. So um, that award is, you know, it's an application process. And so you, um, you know, you submit applications or people can nominate you or you nominate yourself, but it's all through a different application process and it's all anonymous. And then the board selects the nominees and then the board picks the winners. And so for five years, we have been honoring up and coming young professionals that are now doing such amazing things for this city. So when I came into this space about five years ago, there wasn't really um, I mean, th th there's all newspapers do like, you know, 30 under 30, 40 under 40, which is awesome and great. But there really wasn't a, a space, in my opinion, that really had young professionals celebrating other young professionals. Because this city is really thriving with young professionals. And as much as we like to think that we're so competitive into each other, we actually support one another. We really do. So I really wanted to create an event where, sh where we showcase that young professionals are celebrating other young professionals. Like you are doing great things and I cannot wait to see what you can do next. Like, and that's kind of what we've done. So we've, we've celebrated, I want to say at least 40 young professionals in the past five years with, with the horizon award. So there's always five winners um, at the awards banquet, but in 2018, there was like eight <laughs> winners. And then there was a tie again last year. So it's, it ha it's, getting, it's getting more and more awesome every year. I'm excited for this year. So I would say that's probably the most impactful thing that we've done as an organization is really showcase that young professionals in Oklahoma City support, celebrate, recognize, and uplift other young professionals in Oklahoma City too. I love the name of that horizon because they're just getting started, right? They're just getting out there and doing things, but they're already, I mean, if you have, if you have, you started with five and now you give eight, clearly there's a lot of them that are out there doing great things. So what a great idea. I love that. I love that. So that, that's a yearly event. It's a yearly event. So the fifth, fifth annual, well, I can finally say annual now, the fifth annual horizon awards take place in October, 2021. Okay, that's so great. What a great idea. Oh, that's awesome. So how has being a part of Oklahoma City Young Professionals, how has it changed you? Has it made you better? What, what has it done for you? I always get kind of sentimental when I, people ask me this question because I owe everything to OKCYP. You know, um, I've always been a really great person of faith. And I think one of the best gifts that God given has given me is the gift of reflection so i love to reflect on the things that i've done wrong things that i've done well people i've interacted with I've, i'm just constantly reflecting because i want to get better you know what i mean that's just everything about young professionals from the city that we always want to get better and 
I feel like with OKCYP, it has really harnessed that gift of reflection for me. And so, you know, coming in, working at the chamber, getting my master at the time at OU, it was it was a it was a hard undertaking, and um, I just I just didn't know I didn't know what to do. I was stressed, and then I got led to OKCYP, where there's so many other young professionals that are doing such even more than I am, and making it look so easy. And then having that resource available for advice, for feedback, for guidance. You know, I started my business with OKCYP. I mean, I bought my house, you know, as part of OKC. I mean, all my major milestones has, has been during the time as a member of OKCYP. And it's been such an amazing experience, you know, um, buying a house. I had so much guidance and so much help. You know, people would call me and say, do this, 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 this. I mean... It was just a great feeling of support. And that's what I get. Every major milestone I've ever had in the past five years of my life, OKCYP has been there every step of the way. Um, it's, a, it's, just, it's a group like, like no, none other. And I'm so grateful for it. So, so it, they're, they're your people. They're your, your community. They're my tribe. Yeah, they are. They are. So. Okay. And, and it's grown. So you have, you know, like a hundred people at meetings, but you, you still connect to just a few, right. To make, I mean, you can connect with everybody in the big picture, but as far as, you know, not all hundred people, you're not calling all the hundred people asking for help on your buying your house or advice, you know, but you create some great, some great friendships, some great um, connections. Um, Somewhat, somewhat no, but someone, yes. Um, in terms of the somewhat yes, is that I, you know, I tend to get a lot closer to um, the officers and board directors because we spend more time with each other and they become really great friends. Um, but in the somewhat no part is that we have a membership directory. And so anytime that I'm needing a service, um, like, like, you know, I, I bought my house through First Liberty Bank and uh, that was with Corian and never would, never would have use use them if she wasn't a member because I never, you know, and I, I never heard of First Liberty Bank at the time until she said something. Yeah. It was yeah. Really great. I had such a fantastic time. I mean, amazing time. Um, you know, I've um, needed pest control services. And then Aaron Laster with MVP Pest Control, he was right there in, in the directory. Um, you know, insurance, everything that I'm meeting is all locked in here, you know, with membership. And so um, it's just awesome. And I, I love supporting and helping other young professionals. I just I I think that's what I was born to do is help support other young professionals. Uh, so I may not be friends with all of them, but I definitely utilize their services when I need to, and definitely refer them to other people who can utilize their service too. So yeah, well, like you said, they're your tribe. You have a village. So tell me, we were talking earlier about. Um, the, their focus is to get out there and do philanthropic things. So what kind of things do you all do out in the community? So we have three different pillars that supports our mission, which is connect, develop, and impact. And then I told you about our connect and develop, but our impact is an event. We do an impact event, I think every quarter, well, where we get out and we volunteer our time at local charities or nonprofits. So for the past, I want to say starting in 2016 to 17, I know 2012, 2015, they worked a lot with the food bank. But I know in 2016 and 2017, we worked a lot with uh, the Oklahoma Rehabilitation Center for Children in Bethany. I probably said 
name wrong. And I know in 2019, we did a lot with OU Children's Hospital, but then 2020 happened and then the pandemic happened and we were limited on what we can do. And so we decided to um, do philanthropy a little bit differently. And that's like, you know, since can't give back our time, let's give back, you know, monetarily. So with the Horizon Awards, which is our biggest event, um, we donate a dollar of every ticket that we sell to um, to a charity of a winner's choice for the favorite young professionals people's choice award. Okay. So yeah, so um, we've donated a nice size check to Redline for Kids one year, a nice size check to Big Brothers Big Sisters of Oklahoma one year. That that was last year. Um, and so this year we're doing, I don't know if you heard of the Great British Bake Off on Netflix, but we're doing the Great OKCYP Bake Off. So the board are making all these amazing baked goodies. It's the theme this year is Chocolate Thunder. So, Ooh, yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah. So, and that's our first philanthropic event of the year. And so we're raising money for all of our nonprofit members. And the winners, first, second, third place winners will donate their proceeds, their winnings to a local charity of their choice. So that is what we're doing right now um, in post-COVID to give back. And can't give back our time yet, but we're give back monetarily. So, No, that's, I mean, 2020 adjusted everything. <laughs> you have to rethink. You have to rethink a lot. And I love that before that, it was volunteer hours because I feel like it's easy for us just to write a check, right? Um, it's easy to, to write that off. Terrence, are you there? I lost your picture. No, I'm here. Yeah. See me. Okay. That's okay. Good. Just making sure. No. Our apologies for the abrupt ending of the podcast. We had some technical difficulties, but we want to say thank you to Terrence again for joining us. Thank you for Oklahoma City Young Entrepreneurs and all the goodness that you are doing in your communities. Shout out again to our amazing sponsors, Strategic Hype and Plenty Mercantile. Don't forget to like, tag, and share, and give a podcast review, and hit subscribe so you never miss another Stories of Good. Now get out there and do your own good. Uh, Sometimes we just have to think outside of the box, um, and volunteering hours takes more time. Um, It's very often more of a sacrifice than just writing a check. So I love that you guys were doing that, getting out there and putting your uh, your hands to work. Yes, yes. That's great. Um, so give us your 30-second shout-out, your motivational statement. What do you want to leave us with today? Expect the unexpected. I have went by that. That's, like, been my motto, my spiritual <laughs> guiding force for 28 years is expect the unexpected. So can you flesh that out a little bit, meaning that you can believe great things or what? Well, you you know, it, uh, credos have different meanings for everyone. And so I've just learned to, you know, when I say expect the unexpected, um, I, the takeaway from that is, is that once you just start expecting things to happen, they're never going to happen the way that you want them to. And you're always going to get met with such high frustration. It's going to disappoint you and it's going to cause such great grief in your life. But if you wake up with every day, knowing that's going to be a great day and you can only control the things that you have control over, 
It's going to change your whole outlook. It really is. So you just got to remember to expect the unexpected. Expect that your tire may blow out on, 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 the, on the highway. <laughs> expect, you know, you may you, know, you may get cut off by some jerk on, on the freeway. I don't know. Or inspect that you may accidentally, you know, um, your cat or someone knocked over marbles and your popcorn and you didn't see it and then you, you know, bit down on a bill, you know, just, just, just realize things happen and, and just realize it's okay and breathe and you're going to get through it. And it's only temporary. It's, it's not going to last. You have the choice to decide how long, you know, that moment in time is going to last. It's going to be five seconds, a whole year, 10 years. You have that decision. So I just always just say, expect the unexpected, keep pushing through, keep chugging along and keep being great. Thank you for joining us for another conversation around good. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on a story of good. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community minded businesses and provides a better way to share their stories of good. Go to madepossibleby.us for more information or to sign up to be a guest on our podcast. Now, get out there and make good loud.